Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The Pure Hoops podcast is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. The Pure Hoops podcast most definitely does reflect the views of our management. Here's three-time NBA champ BJ Armstrong and Eric Newman. Pure Hoops podcast, we are back and we have a very unique setting this morning. Eric Newman, luckily in Los Angeles for the week, I am in person with the man himself, BJ Armstrong. We are staring at the Pacific Ocean. It is 7.20 a.m. Pacific and uh, it's a little too chilly out here for my man. Uh, welcome, you know, welcome to L.A. You know, you're living the life right now. You're living the dream. You're right here on the Pacific Ocean, right here in Santa Monica, so, uh, you know, a little morning chill in the air, but it, it, it's all good. So, uh, hey, welcome out here, and uh, let's get it started. I cannot believe how cold you look. I actually, I feel bad. Do, do you want to well, go you know, I'm a, I'm a local, so we get it. I, I get it. I'm a local. This is normal for you. Yeah, this is the normal. Morning chill, you know, the you, you dress in layers. It's early in the morning. Burns off a little bit, but you know what? <laughs> You're not from here, so I get it. I, I get it. We, oh, man. We're, we're a long ways from your Big Ten days. Yes, we're, we are. We're a long ways from, from that wind chill outside Chicago Stadium. What? The Windy City. <laughs> it's cold out there. So what what is uh, what is the latest with you in L.A. now that um, media days have come and gone and uh, the season is, is in sight? What's been the latest on the B.J. Armstrong end? Well, it's that time of the year, and, uh, you know, it seems like there's really no break now in the, in the NBA action. You go straight from the regular season, the postseason, summer league, and here we are again. So um, it's another season is upon us. Um, there's a lot of uncertainty, a lot of optimism in the air, I think, uh, from in years past, and... Um, there's a lot of teams out there that feel they really have a chance, right, in the West and in the East. Uh, they really feel they have a chance, especially out here in L.A. I mean, they're really excited uh, out here in L.A., uh, a lot of chatter, a lot of talk. But you know what? The games got to be played. So um, we're looking forward to this season, and uh, it should be a very interesting one. The battle for L.A. will surely be a theme for us uh, as the season goes on. But uh, let's start with one of those teams out West playing uh – what the NBA loves to have now, it's uh, one of those early exhibitions, the Houston Rockets, and your man James Harden yeah. shooting one-legged corner threes. <laughs> what was your reaction when you saw that? Yeah, you know what? Uh, you got that look. <laughs> you experiment. And, uh, look, James is a is an incredible offensive talent. You know, he's – you know, he can score with the best of them. Uh, the perimeter, their style of play and what he's able to do. 
Um, but we'll see. You know, in, in the end, it's all about getting the results you're looking for. And um, right now, this is a team um, that feel that they should be recognized as one of the best, if not the best, in the in the in the Western Conference. Right? They feel very comfortable. Two years ago, I think they had the best record. Yep. In the West, uh, last year, I'm sure there were some disappointment from not only from fans who follow the Rockets, but from within. I, I think they really felt that they had. Uh, a really good opportunity in front of them. And uh, so we'll see. We'll see how this plays itself out. Uh, they acquired Russell Westbrook, which w will give them a different look from a year ago. And uh, they have two players who are widely considered top five, top ten talent. So we'll see how this plays out. I'm sure they're they they, they they're feeling good about themselves, as they should. And, uh, you know, but we'll see how it all comes together because, you know, this is their first year going at it. Obviously, you were on a basketball team with two of the top uh, five players in the league at one point, or at, at that point with the Bulls, Pippen was <coughs> easily a, a top ten player. Um, that grew organically. This was a blockbuster trade, but these guys know each other from their days with the Thunder, talking about Harden and Westbrook. Wh what's your first instinct in terms of uh, how that's going to work and who needs to bend more first with their games and their and their the, the regularities on the court is it Harden or is it Westbrook well when you have two players uh like that the, the first thing is Mike D'Antoni is experienced enough to understand that he has two different teams you know I, I don't expect James Harden and Russell Westbrook to play 48 minutes together no they have to figure out how to have combinations on the floor and have two different looks, right? Uh, I would suspect uh, playing uh, with those guys is that they're going to figure out if one has it going early, the other comes out, and then you figure out how to play and allow them to do what they do, and then you figure out how to win the game at the end. Um, so I, I think Mike D'Antoni is experienced. I think he there will be plenty of opportunities because of the way they play, certainly on the offensive end, they're going to play at a high tempo, so they're going to be scoring is not going to be the problem. I think at the end is figuring out how to properly space the floor yep. so that they can play, you know, championship level basketball. I think that's going to be the biggest thing. You know, they're going to score enough points. They have good enough talent. They have experience. They have a terrific coach. But now who is going to be able to play the game at the highest level? You, and uh, so I think that's going to be their biggest challenge as they, uh, you know, figure out how they're going to play this year. Do, do you think they understand what the commitment needs to be defensively in order to make their offensive lives that much easier? Because obviously this Rockets team led by Westbrook and Harden, and then you look at the other pieces, whether it's Capella, obviously P.J. Tucker is a specialist in his own right, and um, Eric Gordon, I mean – the, the transition opportunities that can be produced here if this team digs in defensively is is very exciting to think about. Well, over the years, Mike D'Antoni and I have, I wouldn't say we're good friends, but we've been able to talk and share ideas. And, and the one thing I respect about him is that he firmly believes in his system. And I respect that. I don't have to agree with it, but he believes in it. And he's committed to it. And that's the that's the first thing. And, look, when you play 
at the pace that they're playing at, it's going to make it very difficult for them to be a, a really good defensive team. That's just just the way they play. I mean, they come down and get up the first available shot. Yeah. Um, and they're shooting with distance, and they're playing a game that's going to make it very difficult for them to be a good transition defensive team. And it's going to be make it very difficult for them to be a five-on-five defensive team, which in the playoffs – the game slows down, and you begin to play more strategic basketball. So that's always going to be a problem for them. But I always give him credit is that this is his style. He's committed to it. He believes in it. Clearly, he's had success with it. Um, but he has yet, and his teams have yet to have, you know, pushed it over the top to win a championship uh, at this particular time. So I think they'll figure it out. It has to be some type of balance. Um but he's clearly on paper they have the talent. They have the talent. They have, you know, Clint Capella, PJ Tucker, you know, Russell, James Harden. So that's not an issue. It's just figuring out that balance, that delicate balance, because the game has changed. The way teams play has changed. So I think it increases their odds. And now, you know, you just have to find that offensive, defensive balance that they're gonna need in order to uh really get over the top. So p- pivoting to the Eastern Conference, there's a there's a very interesting team that prides itself on its work ethic, it, its defense. It starts with their head coach, who is a, a former opponent of yours, Mr. Nate McMillan, and that's the Indiana Pacers. And uh, there's no timetable firmly set yet for Oladipo's return. Um, he's a very, very confident player, says he'll be back better than ever. The Pacers made some really nice moves in the offseason, bringing in Malcolm Brogdon, bringing in Jeremy Lamb, bringing in T.J. Warren. Bogdanovich is gone. Thad Young is gone. Uh, Sabonis and Turner, they're expecting big things from. So let me pose this question to you. How do you best prepare for a half season of trying to compete, improve on last year, but do it without your star before he comes back? Well, again, you know, you have all of these teams, especially in the East, that are feeling really good about themselves. They have some great young, they have some great young talent, some great young players. Um, but again, it's unproven. And what they're going to have to do is figure out how to integrate all this talent here very quickly, kind of on the run. You have Brogdon, you have Victor's coming back from injury, Sabonis. Uh, Turner. So on paper, they look great. They look terrific. But again, it's going to be, I think, easier said and talked about than actually, you know, happening because they're going to have to figure out some things. You know, you have a a point guard like Brogdon. He's going to have to figure out, you know, how he's going to fit into the system, integrating Victor. Sabonis at some point is going to have to take on a larger role. you know, and, 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 and really you're going to have these young players stepping into new roles that they haven't been accustomed to. But I like how they look. I like how they play. Uh, Nate McMillan is one of my favorites as a coach in the league and his style and, and how he performs. But um, certainly they look good. They should be feeling good about themselves. But I think, you know, it's going to take some time. And when you have young players, you know, everyone's going to have to figure out their role, figure out how they're going to fit into this game, more importantly, how they're going to fit into winning basketball, a winning basketball environment. And uh, so, but we'll see how it plays out. I like their team. I like how it looks. But, um, 
you know, we'll see when they hit, you know, lose two or three games in a row, how they're going to bounce back. What kind of character this team really has? Yeah, I was very impressed with who they were last season after Oladipo went down. They had Wes Matthews, uh, who has moved on uh, to the Bucks actually, uh, which was a nice addition for the Bucks after they lost Brockton to the Pacers. Love how that works. But uh, this team has an identity. This team has character. Obviously, a lot of that comes from, from McMillan. Um, Oladipo... You know, he says they're the best in the East, uh, quote unquote. That's as he feel. should, he, as he should say call, that. <laughs> call me crazy, that's fine. I really don't care. Um, I don't think he's crazy because he believes in his guys. You know, last thing on this, you look at those parts, right? And you look at what we think Oladipo will continue to evolve to be. How does a Brogdon Oladipo, Warren Sabonis Turner? core which is which is a, a very interesting group of guys in terms of skill set in terms of talent um i love what brogdon can do for oladipo and making life easier for him H how does that group feel to you as you know p potentially one that could grow into a maybe a top three team in the east we're going to see i mean that's why we're going to play the game I love when you give me that response. Yeah, we're, 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 we're going to see. Those I, pieces are interesting to think about. Like, you know, T.J. Warren to me was a guy in college who I thought was going to go to the NBA and knew how to score right away and was just unfortunately in a situation where the role was a little bit inconsistent in, in Phoenix. Then they bring Josh Jackson in to play the same position. He's unsure, right. and now he's got a fresh start in a much different environment. So I'm really intrigued to see how he plays. Yeah, we're, like I said, you know, I, I love Nate. I love what he's going to bring to the table. I know they're, I know they're going to be tough. I know they're going to play the game the right way. But now when you have a lot of young players, you know, they have to figure out the balance, the delicate balance that's needed to play winning basketball. And at some point, someone's going to step up to the plate and evolve as the leader. Another player is going to have to take a – you know, a, a different role on the team. And, and most importantly, you know, we always talk about players, what we think they're going to do. And we, we it's, it's always fun to project on how a player is going to be from college to pro or what have you. The truth of it is, is that many of the players that come into this league, they end up being role players. And you have to figure out what your role is in a winning environment. And a role player means first you got to start. I remember as a young player, I first had to figure out could I actually defend my position night in and night out in this league? You know, we, we talk so much about offensive, the offensive, you know, part of the game, and it gets so much, you know, we, we talk so much about it, especially in the press. But the, truthfully, you know, most players that come in this league have to figure out if they can defend because yeah. there aren't many players who have that offensive talent to play at that level. You know, James Harden is a special offensive talent. You know, Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, those guys are talented and as they should, they should get predominantly most of the touches on the offensive end because they are very special offensive players. But many of the players that come in the league, yeah, they're really good offensive players, but they're not at that elite level. Sure. And so I, I think many of the players, when I look at the roster of the Indiana Pacers, they're going to have to win by committee. They're going to mm -hmm. have to be a a no, gritty team. Some, some of their parts, right? So yeah, they're going to be a, some of your Yeah, you're going to have to be a team that figures out how to do it collectively as a group. Um, and they have the talent to do it, but now 
you got to get the commitment day in and day out. And I'm sure that will be one of the things that will be stressed by the coaching staff as they play, as all teams should. You know, you want to play collectively as a group. But some of these players are very special, special talents. You know, Ka- you know, Kawhi Leonard doesn't come around in the LeBron James and the Anthony Davis. Those guys are very generational talent. Yeah, they're, I mean, most of the guys are really good, but some of them are exceptionally good. And those guys are, are exceptionally talented players, especially on the offensive end. And um, but, you know, I, I like again, I, I like their team, but I think it's going to be I think it's going to especially at the beginning of the season. Let's see how it plays itself out with this team, especially Brogdon and Victor and all those guys. I, I love how they play, but I, I think it's it's a tough. The NBA is a tough league and uh, it can be very humbling if you're not prepared for it. A, a team that is definitely going to be on my uh, on my league past playlists i'm developing a league pass playlist teams i have to check in on does music come with that or just uh, the games i i will i will have a music component i'll keep you posted there'll be some some rock there'll be some hip-hop <laughs> maybe some film scores to really dramatize things in the fourth quarter uh you, you never know with me um milwaukee bucks Giannis, now getting shooting tips from one of the great three-point shooters of all time, Kyle Korver. This is not going to happen overnight, but can you imagine Giannis taking the next step right away this year, coming off the MVP, and now being, let's say, 50% more of a threat from the perimeter than he was last year? Can, can, can you wrap your mind around what he can be if – Kyle Korver rubs off on him? Well, if I can be radically honest here. Radically honest. I, I hope he doesn't become a, a three-point shooter just yet. And the reason being is because what he brings to the game, the game is all about penetration. And what he's able to do and how he's able to play, he is a real problem on the offensive end. He's a problem. As soon as he gets a foot in the paint. Because of his ability to attack the rim, okay? You push your game out to the perimeter as you get older and you can no longer get to the rim. So I hope it happens for him naturally where at some point his game will evolve. Every player that I've – I shouldn't say every player – predominantly – Every player gets better from the perimeter as they age. Yep. Because you just can't get to the basket anymore. And I hope that is the natural progression in his game. Uh, And you don't try to force it because he has a special gift. He can get to that cup. And get to the line. He can get to the cup. He can get to the line. He finishes with either hand. And the big step he made last year, he's able to find people on the perimeter. So, um. You know, there's been a lot of talk about him getting a better perimeter shot because that's the way the game is played. Look, he was able to get to the conference finals and win the MVP last year without a jump shot. And that, to me, that's very impressive. I'm a huge fan of players who learn how to affect the game and their game is it's, it's not complete. When I first yeah. saw Michael Jordan, you know, he wasn't like a three-point shooter. It was not complete yet. It wasn't complete. So the fact that he's able to do this and win the MVP with an incomplete game, 
I like him even more. So, so is there is there a comp there to like you know eighty eight Jordan who had that just mo- the monster? Well, story? this kid is seven feet. You know, sure. Well, obviously, physically the, they're different, but the ability to to take your team to a certain point, well, the, the ability to impact the game while you're is, still developing. Um, this is this is the comparison. I don't like to compare players because you, sure. you start, but this is what I really respect about about his game. One is he accepts the responsibility of being the best player on the team on both ends of the court. Yep. And that's huge. Yep. That's huge. That that's I mean, he's not only the best player on the offensive end, he's the best player on the defensive end. Second, he brings the necessary effort and energy every single night to the game to win that game. And that's that's, that's a huge thing with a young player. Yep. He's not we're not Looking at him and saying, well, he has to get hot to win or he has to play well on the offensive end to win. He wins because he brings the effort and energy necessary to the game every single night. He takes on that switch is turned on the best the best the, the best player on the other team. He accepts that responsibility. Now, once your best player does that, everything else falls into place and he has the talent. And he has room for improvement, especially on the offensive end. He's going to – he is – Eric, I will say this. When I saw him play last year, I said this. He is a consistent jump shot away from dominating this league. He's a consistent jump shot away. And it doesn't have to be a three-point shot. Just a consistent jump shot where he can keep the defense honest when he is open wherever he's at on the court. Because we know he can finish – we know he has the talent. He has all of the intangibles that's necessary to be a great player for many, many years. And once he develops a consistent jump shot, I think this league is in serious trouble. In serious trouble. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, I'm a huge yeah. fan of him because of what he brings to the game. He brings, he brings a toughness to the game that I recognize. He brings an effort and an energy that I recognize. And all of the other things will come. I'm not worried about a jump shot. I'm not worried about all of the things with the PERs. and all. That kid there plays winning basketball. He plays winning basketball. and it's He's a winner. He's and, a every, and I think everyone in the league understands that because he, when you play against him, you not only got to match his talent, you got to match his energy because he's bringing it every single night. And he'll, he'll, he'll just – why shoot a jump shot when you can get to the basket? So, but once he does add that to his game, I think it's I think he's going to be unstoppable. And when people are thinking jump shot for him, they're thinking, of course, the three. But let's just think about the fact that this guy is already comfortable in the post. His moves are still developing, but when he can turn around, well, I'm sorry, when he can shoot that turnaround jumper to either shoulder in the post. Like, forget the three, but just the evolution of the post game, how he gets positioned. He can get whatever shot he wants because of that strength and athleticism. It's that, That's going to be scary and, and fun to watch at the same time. Yeah, he, he, he is a special talent. And um, I can't recall a player at his size is able to dominate how he's dominating. And I wouldn't call him an exceptional offensive talent just yet. He's phenomenal in transition. Yeah. He's clearly in a scramble type situation. He's an amazing player because of his length. I mean, he takes one dribble, two dribbles from half court. He's at the basket finishing it, right? With either hand. 
Um, and he knows how to play. So, again, as his game evolves, as his game e- evolves and he continues to improve and become very consistent uh, in what he's going to be as an offensive player because he's already a problem. He's already drawing double teams and triple teams. I just think it's I just think it's going to be inevitable for him to be the very best player in the in the league for years to come. Just the way he plays and where the game is played today. I mean, he's how do you stop a player like that with his ability who can he can take it off the defensive boards, push it up, finish it, pass, yeah, go to the post the, and do so many things. The, so the, the evolution as a passer last year. Yeah, I mean, he's just phenomenal so, and and the trust in his teammates and just r- raising raising their level every night yeah, not it, just by passing the ball and drawing defense but by the attitude he has and the approach yeah, so, yeah so he's the, the, uh, the he's teams that something. the the teams that we're just talking about the Pacers and the Bucks is the difference between those team those teams is it as simple as one team has Giannis and one team doesn't Giannis is he's a difference maker i mean he every time he steps on the floor he's going to be if he's not the best player, he certainly will be the second best player. Um, last year, he was the best player yeah. uh, during the regular season. And then during the postseason, you know, there was a player last year, Kawhi Leonard, who really, look, he, he was exceptional in the playoffs last year. And um, defensively, you know, we know what he is. He's, 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 he's an amazing defensive player. Um, but offensively, he's really, you know, he just he he was just the best player in the postseason last year. I mean, he was the best player from start to finish in the postseason last year, and uh, I'm sure he's looking to duplicate that um, what he was able to achieve last year. But you know what? I, again, I think Giannis is right there. I love what Giannis is doing, and most importantly, I, I love the fact that he's taking the challenge and he can reflect and say, this is what I need to do because, look, he can get a shot off any time. Yeah. Now it's just being able to really dictate the shot that he wants instead of having to get to a shot that he's not comfortable taking. And once he does that, I think game over. What, what excites me, too, is he comes back, and this guy's clearly driven first by winning before individual accolades. He comes back with the chip on his shoulder that they didn't get it done. They were the top seed. Toronto comes away with the title, and they've got that motivation coming into the season. And a lot of people are... I'm not going to say sleeping on the Bucks, but because of the moves the Sixers made, they're getting a lot of the... The, the shine and the excitement, and um, I think this is perfect for Giannis to just come right in and just remind everybody right away. But, Eric, last year, who was picking the Bucks at the beginning of the season? I, I was not okay. fo- foreseeing the Bucks doing that. I was foreseeing the Bucks to make a improvement from being, I believe, the seven seed in the playoffs the year before. So thinking they'd get to four or five, right. we didn't see that coming. We didn't see it coming. So – it's only natural that we should sleep on the Bucks because we didn't see that coming last year. True. We didn't see Giannis coming last year. Um, well, now you can't miss him. But now, you know, now what he's able to do is, you know, he's he's separated himself from the rest, and clearly, what what he's able to, what he was able to achieve collectively and individually, now puts him right in the mix. 
getting back to the Sixers, look, the Sixers, you know, they have some big names. They have Ben Simmons. They have Joel Embiid. And now they just added Al Horford. So that raises their expectations. And uh, they were one shot away, possibly, from going to the conference finals a year ago. Yep. And so their expectations are there. Uh, we know that they have two ex- exceptional players, young players. And Joel Embiid, you know, feels, as he should, that he can get this done. I mean, jo- you know, JoJo is, as a seven-footer, I mean, he's as dominant as, you know, we've seen probably since Shaq. As far as his ability and what he's able to do, he's he can dominate on the defensive end. Offensively, I mean, the kid is averaging, what, 27 points or something last year, uh, 12 or 13 rebounds. He can pass. And uh, I haven't seen him yet this year, but they said he's, he's you know, he's cut a few pounds. And, um, and then you add Al Horford, a veteran, a proven veteran, um, what he's able to do and his basketball character. So, yes, that's going to raise the expectations. But, again, I think there are some concerns, uh, especially you're going to ask two bigs to play in, in a game now where it's really predicated to, to smaller players in the way they play. Speed and quickness now is the kind of driving force now of the NBA. So we'll see how it plays out. I think they'll figure it out. But again, you know, Al Horford has been an all-star as a center. Yep. And, yep. you know, I mean, that, he's that, got he's got the versatility of the IQ to figure it yeah. out. The, the, but the know, game is but the game now is predicated on speed and quickness. Sure. It's a different and, game. And, so and their closer Jimmy Butler who's uh, you know easily a top 10 two-way player in the league. Right. Who gave them a lot of their grit and identity has moved on. JJ Redick has moved yeah, on. I think that was I think JJ was a was an important piece for them. Yeah. So we'll see how it all comes together. Yeah. Uh, the, oh, the, we'll, the we'll one spend thing, more time on this for sure yeah, as the yeah. season approaches, but thinking about Milwaukee and Philly and the star power and the clashes we're going to see there is is really really exciting. Yeah, I I, I think it I, I think it gets I I think it's look Philly is going to be terrific because they have the talent. But again, how is it all going to come together when that talent can be met with other talented players? I mean, you know, when I think of the bigs uh, of Philly, you know, you think of the low, you know, Brook. Brook is a problem because he plays in you both mean Milwaukee. In Milwaukee, yeah. yeah. Brook yeah. is a problem because Brooke he and Robin. and Robin. So Brook can people forget when he was in Brooklyn. I mean, this kid was an All Star player as a low post center, and couldn't get up and down the floor. Yes, <laughs> and then suddenly now he's moved his game. <laughs> now he's a three point shooter. Changed his body. He's changed. So the fact that he was able you to. You think a lot of hot yoga. I think he did a lot of hot Yeah, yoga. he's probably hanging out here in California somewhere, <laughs> you know, during the summertime. I can see that, oh, you know. Ca- they're Cali guys, yeah, for sure. Yeah, they're Cali guys. Uh, for sure. But I, I think, you know, they have the bodies, right? And they have the size. And then Giannis is, look, he's seven foot, you know, he's a seven footer. And um, so we'll see, you know. You know, JoJo and Al and those guys are going to pose some problems. And then the big story out of Philly is, you know, Ben Simmons' jump shot. How Reportedly, can he, he has a jump shot. We've seen it. We've seen it on social media. Yeah, that's that's the <laughs> new thing, you know. So we've seen it on social media. If we see it on social media, it must be real. Uh, before we close, 
something we found interesting from the past week, the G League introducing the rule change with the free throws. So if you get fouled shooting a two, you get one shot at the line, it's worth two. You get fouled shooting a three, you get one shot at the line, it's worth three. So my question for you, if you were commish for a day, oh wow, is there a rule change in the NBA that you would want to see implemented immediately? A rule change? Yes. The, the thing that I would want to change immediately is the uh, the playback when I, you know they run the the uh, replay the replay the replay rule. The replay rule. So what would your replay – obviously, there, there, we can't get away from replay, so what's your replay rule? As called, right there. So you want to be done with replay? I want to be done with replay. I didn't like it. I don't like – But, but we uh, gotta, you got to replay stuff that's based on time and the clock, correct? Look – I mean, human if a error, shot is late, a shot is late. Er, human error is part of the game. I know, but it's, there's been so much human error. It, 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 it's it's it, it, the human error. Like players make mistakes. I thought I was. Referee, I thought I was a purist. Wow. Referees make mistakes. Coaches make mistakes. That's part of the game. That's what makes the game great. What I what I don't like is that when you have these ten minute delays during the game. And then suddenly you have, you know, you break the flow of the game. That's what I don't like. So if I could get rid of one rule, I would get rid of the rule of instant replay. And if you make a mistake, you make a mistake. And that's what makes the game great, in my opinion. And um, so that w- that's what I would do. Do you think referees should be um – do you think there should be consequences for referees who no. make mistakes in big moments no. or don't follow the protocol to get a call right? Well, no, but again, we live in a different era and we live in a different world now where, you know, I understand why the replay is there. Yep. I get why the replay is there. Um, to eliminate the argument on whether a call was right or wrong, I think if you can verify the, the, the call, I think it makes sense. Yeah, you want to get it right. You want to get it right. But the way in which it's done, obviously. Yeah, it just breaks the, it breaks the flow yeah. of the game. It breaks the flow of the game. So I don't think the referees, because, look, that's to me that's what makes a game. Like, you know, you make a mistake, I make a bad pass, and then I hustle back and I – and I go back. I mean, to me, that's part of the game, right? Like, life is about making mistakes. So why why do I want to live and try to live mistake free, right? That's part of that's part of life. So to me, it it's not natural to want to get everything right <laughs> and to live that way. But uh, you know, that's just you know, probably I grew up in that era, and that's that's the way I look at it. But Whenever we have these delays, it just – I lose interest. I, I always leave. I just get up. When they start looking and going on the when replay. You're, when you're in the arena? When I'm in the arena. I, both. Oh. I, I, when they start doing that, I just walk away. What do you think of the, uh, the cut to um, 
Oh, when they go, go, oh, and they go, oh, and they like go, I, they I cut look, the television they look off. like they're in a basement. In yeah, they, they, I, I cut, I cut it off. I, I, I cut my television off so every Steve single time. So Steve Javi and Secaucus doesn't do it. I love Steve. Steve. I love Steve and, and Ronnie Nunn and all those people <laughs> who are there in the, uh, I mean, the they look like they're in CTU headquarters. Yeah, the it's, old twenty-four it's, episodes. Uh, exactly. So I, it, that that's enough for me. <laughs> that's enough for me, right? It's it's just too much for me. It's really I, I always laugh to myself when I see it, but I I walk away and I I cut the television off. Whenever right, that's that gonna, happens, that's going to be a new thing for us when we know we're watching the same game and the cuts to replay. Oh, I I I'm literally I'm going to be all over you every time I'm at a game. As soon as they do that. It, it it loses me. It just it's it's like a it's you, like um, you gotta go take a walk. Yeah, yeah. I just gotta, you know. <laughs> it's like you're watching a a video or a YouTube video or something. All of a sudden, the the little infomercial comes on. Yeah, that's what it it just interrupts the whole thing. You know, I just oh when those pop up. Yeah, I, pop I'm looking up for the skip. I'm up. looking for skip this. Oh, you man. know, yeah, those little pop oh, up yeah. ads. Yeah, I'm just I want to skip that. Like, just get back to the game. It's a good. It's a great game going. You know. Shooters get cold. The flow gets cold. You yeah, know, I, I, I don't think people. Some people don't realize what it does in terms of disrupting rhythm of the pace yeah, and the flow. the flow. Whether it's from a player perspective, but you're a fan and you're into that, and your adrenaline's pumping, and you're enjoying the game. Whether you're at home, whether you're at the game, and then that emergency break gets pulled. It, I, I'm, I'm with you. I saw. Uh, I, I was watching the football game last week. I can't remember what game. Oh, God. And then piece of football. And then uh, they were going to the replay, and then the and then the referee goes, "My bad." <laughs> it was what game was? I it? can't remember which game was it. Was it your Lions? Uh, my uh, my Lions. You're feeling pretty good about your I'm, Lions. I'm feeling really good about my Lions right now. I'm feeling really good about my Lions. I can't remember what game, but the referee goes, "Hey, my bad," and it, it was on camera, and it was uh, it was really funny. But you know, I'm that's I'm probably I'm probably old school on the. Uh, you're old school, On the replay. but you're not. You're, you're, uh, I, I'm with you. I, I'm. I, I can't. I can't stand it. And uh, speaking of football, my uh, my brownies had a big win last week against the Ravens. So two and oh, two. Was. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not um, at the point yet where I'm convinced that this team is going to be as good as advertised because of the star power. But going on the road. Uh, to a team that showed disrespect to you in the press during the week and then putting 40 on them says a few things, so we'll see. Yeah, but it's feeling pretty decent. It could be very interesting uh, in, in we'll 46 see. weeks if, if the Lions and the Browns are yeah, in this. I, I don't get fired up to after, like, week 10. You know, week yeah. 10 is – Oh, I don't remember what it felt like to be fired up after week yeah, 10. It's been you a know, long time. I, I, right now we're feeling time. good, though. We're feeling good. That was It was a good moral victory for us last week. Yeah. Um, against the Chiefs, and uh, what an exciting team they are. And uh, we had our chances. That's all we can ask for. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Great job today, my friend. I know you've got to run and take care of your uh, L.A. business. <laughs> Special thanks, as always, to producer Mike Lieber, Bruce Bernstein, editor Benjamin Wolf, and the entire Pure Hoops media crew. Be sure to check out the Mike Wise Show each and every Monday with Mike's special guests. Check out Buckets, Boards, and Blocks with Monica McNutt on Thursdays. We'll be running catch-and-shoot feature interviews and mashups throughout the preseason. And uh, BJ and I will be back each and every Friday with the Pure Hoops podcast. Have a great weekend, everybody. Stay pure. The Pure Hoops podcast is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media.